You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves. And special guest, Brock Hopkins. Hey, guys. How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's get to know Brock Hopkins a little bit uh, with our Q&A. When did you get started on iRacing, and how did you hear about it? Yeah, so I think back about 2013, I had bought a Drive Force GT and a like a wheel stand, one of those Amazon ones, and what else? Yeah, that was about it. And I started doing Gran Turismo on the PS3 and came across a YouTube video of iRacing at the uh, Daytona Road Course. And I said, uh, soon after seeing that video, I saw the NASCAR stuff, and I was just like, this is where I have to be. So I had just built a computer, actually, and that's how I got into it. So 2013, July is when I got into it. Yeah, it looks like you've had some on and off spurts throughout your iRacing career, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just a few life stuff comes up. You go to college or what have you, and don't bring your rigs, so you're out for out of commission for about a year. That's what I had. So back into it now, quite painstakingly. So what'd you do with your membership while you were uh, uh, away from home? Oh, just don't even renew it. Just yeah, no worries. So when you came back, do you have to like start over, or do you pick up? No, where you left off. You pick up. Yeah, you pick up. So all your content you still own. I'm sure uh, if that wasn't the case, we'd hear a lot about that in the forums. But yeah, you keep all your content, of course, when you take a long break. Nice. I never really actually knew what happened in that situation. So Yeah. All right. Uh, how often do you race, and which series do you normally run? Yeah, so I league race probably five nights a week. And series, I'm right now I do super late model asphalt and C-fix, trying to get back into C-fixed the trucks and then i do let's see uh the dirt stuff i'm big into the wind sprints so i do a couple league races there with the wind sprints so well tell us about the leagues uh you're doing you said five nights a week oh yeah yeah so there's this one called all pro sim racing you can check them out i'm sure you just enter all pro sim com, and that's an asphalt super late model on monday and then tuesday they have like an all pro jack series where it's just a bunch of car track combinations excluding road courses or excluding road cars and then wednesday is in the zone racing that's a dirt wind sprint series uh that's about it i think i go in between those two for the most part uh old school motorsports uh we do a sprint series on friday so right nice uh all right let's talk hardware what do you got for uh wheels pedals and how many monitors yeah so i have a pair of uh, i've upgraded quite a bit since the giant force gt i actually just got a uh used thrustmaster t300 this past week i know it had gone on sale actually about two weeks three weeks ago for about i think it was 240 it went on sale and i didn't convert then and felt pretty bad about it so I just got a one of the Alcantara editions, or however you pronounce that, with the Ferrari emblem. So I got that without the pedals, and then I have a pair of Fanatic Elites. But that uh, Thrustmaster is definitely an upgrade over that Dragonforce GT, that's for sure. Oh, and then, yeah. yeah, monitors, I have three finally. So had one for the longest time, but 
running three 24 inches and then on top of that i have like a derek spear button box oh i'm jealous of the button box <laughs> i think i won one during a league race and then i upgraded eventually because that was a good introduction just winning one but they're definitely worth the investment so you're on triples have you thought about doing the uh whole oculus rift thing or actually yeah i did i have a I had like the minimum card for Oculus, so I bought Oculus actually from Best Buy. Used it for about a week just to see how it was, and it ran. I have like the minimum card, so it ran games fine. But I really just wanted it for the simulated racing experience, and it wasn't cutting it on iRacing, so I returned it, no questions asked. And I just went to three monitors, and I mean, it was awesome. But I I like like having external programs open too, like Joel Real Timing. So I'm fine with threes for now. I know. Yeah, Joel Real Timing, I can't imagine racing without it now. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're right. O- overlays and uh, third-party apps and Z1 dashboard and all that stuff, I'd miss it if I had goggles on, I think. Yeah, that's that's what it is for me. And then plus, if you, have three, you're kind of, if you have three monitors, you're still kind of present. So if somebody needs you or you need to be called to dinner, you're not totally immersed. <laughs> right. You can still see what's if the house is burning down around <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you might just think you're in a fire suit, and you know. All right. Uh, well, talking about third-party software, what else do you have besides Joel Real Timing? Ah, uh, that's about it. I think Joel Real Timing is all I run. I had I used iSpeed for the longest time, and then came across uh, Joel's videos there on YouTube, and it was pretty impressive. So I had to get that. Uh, that was a pretty. That was fifteen bucks, I think, for the pro version, and definitely worth it. Um, the dashboard's nice if you open that on like a tablet or something. It's definitely an upgrade over iSpeed. Yeah. So, what are you watching the jewelry timing on? You have fourth monitor, or I have like a a tablet that I have the dashboard on to show all your like speed and gear and ha- what have you. And, so you're uh, using it as a dash. Yeah, there, it has a dash on there. Um, right. Yeah, I've seen that. I use it for the timing and scoring, like F1 style timing and scoring. Yeah. I also run that on a fourth monitor, actually. I had a fourth monitor laying around, and I put the timing up there so you can... I It's not really in my peripheral, but if it's if we're under caution, I can take a look at it. And then on the tablet, the dashboard's really nice. You can see, like, the guy ahead of you and the guy behind you. You can see their last laps, etc. So right. it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I run it on a laptop that feeds a 24-inch monitor that's kind of underneath my right and center, center monitor. monitor. Oh, gotcha. So I can just kind of glance down, and you can kind of see it out of your peripheral, and it's got the color coding. Like if somebody's falling through the field, yeah. you can see that red line going down, you know. I had yet to figure that out. Like I always see the colors moving all over the place. I figured they mean something, but I never looked into it, but that's good to know. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. And um, what are you part of a team at all, or or? How's that working? Are you an individual? Yeah, so I, uh, let's see, I joined this team called Beast Racing for the 24 of Le Mans. We did that together. And then I plan, I don't know if I'm going to do Spa. I might not do Spa. I know, I thought it was later, but I see that it's, I think, the 22nd of this month. So I don't have the track even, so I probably won't do the Spa this time around. But plan on racing with Beast, maybe in NIS eventually, etc. So, yeah, with Beast Racing for now. But uh, for special events mainly, hopefully right. doing some official though. Yep, I think uh, when you get into NIS and stuff, 
it's hard to be an individual because you need help with sets and stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I did cup stuff quite a bit before I went off for a year. But uh, getting back into it after a year of not being on it, it's kind of hard to get back into the asphalt stuff. I was lucky enough to when I got back dirt just released, so I'm kind of um, competitive in that. But asphalt, I'm struggling with getting back into quite a bit. Right. All right, and what's your most memorable iRacing moment? I would have to say just a combination of the 24-hour races. I think I did the 24 Hours of Daytona. It's inaugural year, and I think that was 2014 maybe, and then I just did Le Mans for the f- I did Le Mans this past year. So both those events were probably my favorite times on iRacing, just having to put it all together as a team. You guys finish? Yeah, we did. Uh, I was the only – we had a four – uh, four members, and I was the only one having any kind of disconnect issues. I had a few screen freezes, two of which went uh, smoothly, as in the screen came back on and I was still driving, everybody avoided me. But then I did uh, I did crash, I think, with like sub an hour left, and then had a screen crash after that. So uh, we started 10th, I think, and finished 5th. So we were on we were on track to win for a long time until my little wreck there, but other than that, I had a great time still. All right. Looking at your stats page, uh, what jumps out at me is uh, you got 12 wins overall uh, in official. Your winning percentage, 2.6, almost 3. That's not bad. But the number that jumps out is your top 5% uh, races that you finish in the top 5, 48% career average on oval. And then on road, 73% in the top five. That's pretty steep. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Oval, yeah, I don't. that surprised me to that top five percentage number. I know, I think when I do the fixed is when that, when I do the open series, that's when that I could see that taking a hit because I often don't have the set to get it done. Especially if you're doing like asphalt super lates, you're going to run into uh, the, you know, time and Jessica's team. And you, when you get in the room with them, you kind of know. <laughs> yeah. Kind of know who's winning that race. But uh yeah, the road stuff, I've remained a C license for a long time, so often I get in the lower splits I think with the road stuff. But All right. And uh even though you've been around for a few years, most of your wins was this year. It looks like you had four this year alone, and your winning percentage this year on oval is six point three percent. Top five is fifty-seven percent, so pretty good. Yeah, I'm seeing. Yeah, thanks for, again. I'm seeing those numbers now. Yeah, I see top five this year is like fifty-seven percent, and it's been higher, but a lot less starts, of course. Well, maybe not. Looks like I made my most starts since 2014. So, yep. All right, cool. All right, let's get into uh, topics. Uh, next up, we'll talk NIS Kentucky. Uh, I guess I'll start out. Um, wasn't a great week for me. It's not my best track, that's for sure. I had a a 27th and then 17th twice. Uh, Friday Open was a 20th. That was an interesting race. We had a long run at the end of Green Flag Run. And <clears throat> I only pitted once. We were in a... I, I drove far enough, we got into a window... And it was able to pit once. Most of the field pitted twice, though. Uh, they were short pitting for tires instead of fuel. 
Um, I don't know that it helped me by doing the pit once when everybody else pitted twice. I think I started that sequence uh, 25th and 20th. Uh, so I think it helped a little bit, but I am just suck on old tires. And uh, when we had those long green l- runs, uh, I'm going backwards, not forwards. Um, that's always the case. Uh, Sunday night, I ran with Tyler, uh, teammate Tyler. And uh, Tyler wrecked out fairly early. Uh, I finished uh, P14 after getting wrecked after four minutes optional. Still was able to bring it home 14th. So, pretty tough week for me. I mean, I guess I'll take it. I had a top 15 there, barely. So, uh, points-wise for the NIS, I'm running in Division Two, 25th in points on fixed and 18th in open. So, Tony, uh, you, you didn't run, did you? No, no, I didn't run at all last week. I didn't, uh, I don't have Kentucky. Um, yeah, you're still I, buying the tracks, huh? Yeah, yeah, slowly but surely. Every few months there, I pick up a couple more tracks and, you know, just keep motoring on. All right, and yeah, you're going to run New Hampshire this week. Uh, new track for you. So, uh, Brock, what about you? Did you run in Kentucky at all this last week? Uh, not in the A car. I did do it in the trucks quite a bit. I did, I think, four races at Kentucky in the trucks and had some decent results, I think, for it being my first week uh, racing Kentucky. But definitely a learning curve there. The truck is almost flat around there. I mean, was it tight yeah. or what? Yeah, it was pretty much flat. I think you got on the brake just a tad, but uh, just set it up and... Almost flat, yeah, I'd say. But I had a good time doing it. Just didn't uh, quite get there in the A car and B car to want to enter a official. Yeah. All right. Uh, this week we're on to Na- New Hampshire, Loudon. Uh, Tony, you and I were just running some laps there. Uh, your first time on the track. What would you think? Well, the uh, with it being flat and stuff brings up all its own challenges and stuff, so... I'll put in a bunch more time practicing before we get racing here. And I don't know, I'm breaking into 30-second lap time, so I think I'll do okay. Yeah, if you're below 31, you're right. That's a race pace, you know. Uh, You probably don't have a pole run there, but uh, that's a good start for just being on the track. Yeah, I figure, you know, hey, if I can keep up with everybody and, uh, you know, even finish top 20, I'll, I'll be happy with that. If I recall, I think New Hampshire is a track of attrition. Uh, a lot of people end up wrecking out like half the field or so. So if you can just survive, you can pretty much get a top 15. Well, uh, this whole season, that's been kind of the name of the game for me is just uh, survive attrition usually takes care of uh, the rest of it for me. Right. What are you thinking, Brock, about New Hampshire? Are you going to run the trucks or? Yeah, I, I just did a truck race, actually, I think uh, before the podcast here. I started 8th, finished 13th, and uh, I think the strength of field was 3,800. So quite a uh, quite a good field, but I think I had a little incident. Somebody jumped the gun on the start, or they weren't caught up to the guy ahead of them, and they really accelerated, and I accelerated, and they hit the brake, and I ran into the back of them. So that kind of ruined my day, but I plan on doing three more races. I'm trying to go for like four races a week for any official stuff I run, so I'm going right. to spread those out a little better, maybe get 
little better hot lap going so I can qualify better. I was telling Tony, I think uh, a good trick here is stay on the bottom. Don't get stuck on the outside because you'll get, you know, freight trained. Plus, they'll push up into you and use you up. Yeah, yeah but that was the preferred line uh, in the trucks, I think, was the top line. But definitely in the A car, I think you guys probably moved down a lane or so. Well, I think it's as the tire, tires wear, it actually moves up. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's probably right for the A car. Uh, I'll have to do a couple more, see uh, a couple more truck races before I really get a feel for what everybody's doing. But it seemed like Highline early, and then maybe bring it down uh, at the exits through it, the end of the race. It's like after the tires wear, it gets so tight, you have to run hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not expecting a lot. You know, I'm hoping for a top 15 at New Hampshire. Certainly not expecting a win or a top five, but it'd be nice if we could get there. Um, going to run most of the races, I hope, this week. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, next topic, dirt racing. What'd you guys run? I didn't run any dirt racing. I'm still waiting for a dirt license. Yeah, I didn't write. I didn't run any dirt either. I did some practicing just to just to have some fun and take the blues away from not having the track. So um, I didn't do very good, but I had a lot of fun. So yeah, I don't think I've raced dirt in about two weeks. My the league I do on Wednesdays that was canceled last week for Fourth of July, and then before week before that, I don't think I raced any. I've kind of kind of burnt myself out on dirt a little bit because I did it a lot, and uh, I'll be doing it tomorrow, but. Uh, besides tomorrow, I haven't really done it for a couple weeks, but yeah, I like it. It's just I don't like to sacrifice my eye rating for it. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. I mean, yeah. When you're eye rating conscious, you kind of might stay away from it. Um, if you're not, then you have no problem running races every two hours or so. Right. Well, yeah. In the NASCAR eye racing series, it takes me. I'm kind of at the what I call the wall, the I-rating wall of where my ability and my experience and my is, is at the highest it can probably be. And so when I gain or lose I-rating, it's not much, you know, and it's hard to make gains right now. I, I'm kind of, I think I'm right above 3000, but right between 3000 and 3500, that's where I've been for almost two seasons now. Uh, two complete years, and I really haven't gotten above that. So I'm kind of right there at that cusp. And boy, if I'd go dirt track racing, I'll lose it for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's smart by you then. Wait for that license, I guess. I I wish it'd come sooner than later for sure. Well, all right. Uh, so that's dirt. Let's talk uh, next topic. There was a post in the forums by Grant Reeves about uh, somebody asked if there was a qualifying glitch. Uh, basically, he ran a lap, and he wasn't sure why it didn't count. And he actually posted a replay. And so Grant Reeves took a look at it and basically said, Hey, you contacted the wall three-quarters of, of a second after starting lap two. But the way our race control works is that incidents that occur within one second of a lap crossing get assigned to the prior lap. So I think that's the first time I've had confirmation about that, that how that works. 
So if you do a qualifying lap and you hit the wall or get a, a 1X or something right after crossing the start-finish line, that's why the lap doesn't count. You have to, you can't have an incident within three quarters of a second. Yeah, that's news to me too, but uh, good info, I guess. I yeah, never really had a problem with, never encountered a problem there at my lap not counting, but that's good to know. I've had times where I, I'm queuing and I'm like spinning, I'm about ready to spin and I'm coming off four and I get across the line going straight, but I've lost it after that and then it doesn't count. So yeah, that is good information to know. So that's why I, I brought it, put it in there. All right, next up. Time attack. The new time attack. Somebody posted up there's some glitches going on where on street stock, uh, there's some guys out there that have been able to run a two-second lap according to the results. Which that's is pretty obviously fa- impossible. <laughs> no, I was going to say, that's, uh, that's awfully fast. So I don't know if they cheated it up or uh, some kind of glitch or what. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty fast there. Um, I haven't really done... I did a couple time attacks, but I don't think I'm going to stick with it long term. It just doesn't appeal to me. Uh, more into the simulation type stuff. So. Yeah, I... I don't. It doesn't appeal to me either. I mean, I did try it last week, and it felt weird when the tires didn't fall off. Yeah, it's like an e. Isn't it trying to appeal to the esport crowd? Like, it's more of a esport competitive competition type thing that they want to get iRacing noticed in that realm. I think. You know, when I first heard about Time Attack, I envisioned something totally different. Have you ever played those video games at the arcade where you're driving? And you have a countdown clock on the screen, like 30 seconds, 29, 28, and you have to make it to a gate. And then when you get to that gate or that line on the road, if you make it in time, it gives you additional time. It adds 20 seconds to it so you can get to the next gate. Yeah, I've played those games. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's definitely interesting that you thought that. I mean... I don't know, maybe iRacing will implement that something, uh, something like that one day. But yeah, I think time trial is definitely uh, meant to draw the eSport crowd, I think, to iRacing. But. Yeah. So that thing I just described, I mean, that's more of an arcade kind of thing. But that's what I thought they were building when they started talking about this. But it's different. It's just it's normal iRacing, just running laps by yourself is all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's time trial, I guess, without tire wear. I don't know. Yeah, I the whole concept of this whole time attack thing, I, I just think they missed it somehow. I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard people raving about it. I haven't heard people, hey, I'm doing this all day long because it's so awesome. I'm sure there are those. Uh, I'm sure there are those who are really chasing uh, the record. Sp- yeah, chasing to get at the top of the leaderboards. But I've always yeah. been horrible at queuing, so I never even consider it you know i'm kind of there with you guys on that one um i i tried it out when i was checking out the new ui and stuff but um uh now if they did have that time clock that'd be a little retro for me i I don't know how many dollars i dumped into the arcades playing those games but uh that would have been cool 
Yeah, where you hit the gate and they give you extra time. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be neat. I'm still waiting for the day when iRacing implements like a they put Crazy Taxi on their uh, software so we can play Crazy Taxi with iRacing physics. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk Global Rally Cross. We know that's coming to iRacing. Is that going to be the same thing I just described, or is it going to be lame? It's going to be just running a straight road of. Uh, Rallycross, I've actually watched a few, uh, a couple of races there with Rallycross. It's looks pretty cool. I mean, it's half asphalt, half dirt, and jump. Well, I don't know if there were many jumps last one I watched. I think the last one I watched, they were doing it at Lucas Oil Raceway. It was configured so that they, I think they went into like the infield around half, like the halfway point between turns one and two. It was pretty interesting to watch. So I think another one I watched was at Thompson Raceway. They had configured that into a rally cross track, so wonder if iRacing's thinking about those two. Yeah. Well, I think that'd be a lot more uh, a lot more interesting, at least for me, because you got the uh, the pavement and the uh, and the dirt all combined, and um, kind of throw a whole new dynamic rather than just a, a regular time trial on a on an asphalt uh, track. You know. I like the idea of doing jumps. Actually, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are, iRacing already has jumps in the game. You know, you just got to look for them. Yeah. Uh, the famous one I've been known to do is uh, uh, Mount Panorama. When you come down off the mountain there, as you're approaching pit road, if you go off track in this one spot, there's a great jump. Oh, God. Yeah. So they have those physics done. They just need to uh, get the rest done. But uh, Rallycross, I went and looked past at it. Might be fun to do. I mean, you might want to have like a handbrake for that, but yeah, it makes you wonder if you're going to be at a disadvantage if you don't have that handbrake. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I don't know what uh, if map you don't have that. a ha- yeah, you got to map something. Maybe put like your if you got a thrustmaster shifter, maybe just put that sequential on and map it to that. But uh, people will be using buttons, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, so as far as the glitch lap times and uh, time trial or time attack, Tony Gardner wrote in there uh, that they do have the ability to remove these bad lap times. And if you see one, uh, please let iRacing know and they'll take care of it. All right. Next up is the announcement by iRacing about the Spa Frankershaw race 24-hour race is set for july 22nd uh, featuring our full lineup of gt3 cars so that's not this weekend but next weekend on a saturday i won't be running this uh i have the i do have the uh, track and the cars but uh our team has dwindled quite a bit and i don't know if we got the uh enough people to actually pull this off so We'll probably be skipping this one at Tifosi. Yeah, like I said, uh, Beast Racing, I'm pretty sure the owner is keen on doing it. but Yeah. So, there's plenty of time to practice still if I was to buy the track, but I don't think I'd make it anyways. Yep. That's a long track, too. It's uh, the length of it. Yeah, I think I raced it on a set of course, though, but I don't... I said, of course, uh, but I don't remember it too vividly. Yep. 
Well, it's got that most famous uh, corner in racing called Arouche, I think it is. We almost go through that corner flat. Uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, don't remind me of turns that sound fancy. Uh, Arnage was not good to be at Le Mans. <laughs> right. All right, next up is member survey. Uh, if you are an iRacing member, you got an email today uh, to uh, asking to take a 16-question member survey. It's optional. Um, I did it. Did you guys get this email, and did you do the survey? Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I got the email. I did the survey. Um, seemed like a, a pretty standard type survey, so I'm not quite sure what they're going after with this. Yeah, I haven't done it, but I'm in the midst of doing it right now after you talking about it. So, Lots of uh, a wide array of questions. Yeah, some are like, do you have triple monitors? And I mean, what is your primary? Do you do oval or road or what or dirt? You know, questions like that. Yeah, this seems like something that's, like, antiquated. Like, they sh feel like they already did something. Well, I mean, maybe I don't. they haven't done this in years prior, have they? Yeah, I've seen surveys before. Maybe once a year they do this, or every couple of years. Yeah, I don't remember that's... ever taking one for them, but... Yeah, last year I remember they asked uh, some questions about, would you be interested in Rallycross, actually? But this time, that, it didn't have any questions about that particular subject. But, um, hey, you know, this is your chance to let iRacing know what you think and to at least weigh in on important topics. So, you know, give your feedback. It only takes a minute. All right, uh, next up is... We got a post by Steve Myers on the forums about Time Attack, and they added three new Time Attack series uh, to play with. Uh, they launched Lotus 49, Audi GT3, and National Series. And uh, they're just trying to collect data, you know, on how Time Attack works and want to see how the user behavior changes with fewer tracks assigned to a competition and with a shorter time frame to complete them. Now remember, I think with Time Attack, it does reset after the season is over or whatever, I think, and it starts over. I think it's going to be a ghost town, to tell you. <laughs> I mean, wait three months and there'll be nobody doing this. Yeah, um... Yeah, I think the same thing. Uh, if they implement some sort of esports, you know, they have like the Tekken stuff and the all nationally broadcasted, or for the most part. Um, I'm sure if iRacing tries to get this into the esports competition, you might see some stragglers in here. But yeah, like, it's yeah, nothing I'll be playing with much. Right. Another note on Time Attack. Tony Gardner posted up. Hey, making good progress on the required engineering to have the capability to have fixed setup time attack. Even a good chance we have this done, tested, and rolled out before next season's build. 
As I said in another post, the plan is simply to add some more dedicated fixed setup time attacks while keeping plenty of open setup time attacks available. So that's going to dilute it even more uh, when they do that. Yeah, you'll. Uh, I've, when I browse the forums, sometimes you come across those posts where it's like, oh, don't do it. It'll just divide the community even further. And then there's those who, like, I just don't have the time to work on a set. So it's definitely a uh, happy medium there to be achieved. But we'll see well, what happens. Well, I'm just afraid that they're going to have such spread out participation because they have so many different time attacks that, you know, winning one of those things really won't mean anything because there's only a few people that tried it, you know. Yeah. Well, with yeah, it being at know. with it being at the uh, like the infancy of the the time attack, so to speak, um, maybe they're just throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what's most popular, and then cutting it down afterwards. Yeah, and it it is throwing shit out the wall. Really, I'm, I'm uh, the you know that's what I'm saying because I just really don't get what the purpose is here. You know. Is it like a world record lap time, you know, performance kind of competition? But it's not because they're going to reset every, you know, every season. And you have to do it again. Yeah, I'm reading a post now, a reply to that. I think that uh, Siri, that the forum post, and somebody said, and I quote, this whole time attack seems like nothing more than a glorified tri- time trial, unquote. That's, that sums up pretty well. Right. Yeah, I I don't think I'm the only one who doesn't get it. Um, but we'll see. Let's see how it shakes out. I haven't touched. Let's talk briefly uh, to wrap that topic up. The new user interface. I mean, I haven't touched it for a week, and it probably won't because I wasn't really pleased with what I saw there. I mean, have you guys been using it or not? I haven't been actually using it. I've been on it a couple of times just to, to try it out and stuff. Um, I really haven't dived very deep into it. What I have seen, I kind of liked. That's a lot easier than the website. But uh, with with everybody saying, you know, there's there's a lot of glitches and you don't know if this works or that works. Um, nothing for official. I I won't do that yet. Yeah, I'm kind of stubborn. I've been using the site for so long. I don't feel like I have launched the overlay, but. Since not since not everything's uh, you can't get to everything through there, I don't bother using it. I just find it a inconvenience for now. But uh, maybe when it's implemented fully, it'll be enjoyable. But for now, I like the website the way it is. I'm pretty stubborn that way. Yeah, I think I am too. And old dog, don't you know, learn new tricks kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, they they have some work to do before I'm interested in looking at it. So. Uh, Hopefully they're doing that. All right, next topic is a blog about the World Championship, uh, Formula One World Championship in iRacing. Uh, This is a blog by Jake Sperry about, uh, it's an article about Gregor Hutu, five-time world champion, and uh, the article name is Hutu Has Given Up. And Jake goes on to speculate that Gregor is done with iRacing. Uh, he's actually missed the last two races. Nobody really knows why. 
but uh, he is not one to ever miss races, um, the Formula One races. He's uh, like he's like I said, the last five years or so, he's been the champion. He's always made every race and usually finishes in the top three. But this year, he's getting uh, his butt handed to him by Martin Cronke, who's won seven wins in a row, I believe. And he's bailed. And so anyway, Jake Sperry goes on to speculate that he thinks the reason that Gregor has stopped running the series is that Gregor Hutu is preparing to apply for that McLaren simulator job to run for McLaren Mercedes uh, as a year contract to be their simulator driver. And uh, he thinks he's got an in there. Uh, for a couple reasons, uh, Team Redline, who uh, that's the team that Hutu runs for, uh, has been heavily involved in the marketing and promotion for that particular job uh, that McLaren Mercedes has announced. So, so when they put out a video and stuff, they're using uh, video and, and footage from uh, Team Redline and, and those kind of things. Uh, the other thing, the, the other reason... Um, or his other evidence, so to speak, is Hutu hasn't even been logged into iRacing. You know, you can go pull up somebody's profile and see the last time they logged in. He hasn't even been on iRacing for several days. But if you look at his Steam account, you can see that he's actually been playing R-Factor all the time. And so R-Factor is the platform I think they're using for that particular competition for the McLaren Mercedes job. So... He's putting two to two together. He thinks Gregor Hutu's trying to get that job, which I hope he does. I think if anyone deserves it, it's probably him. Yeah, I'm not uh, familiar with this whole story. Just kind of glanced at the article I see. It's pretty successful. So uh, I'm always down for people coming from the sim to doing real-life stuff, so good for him. Yeah. It'd be nice if he would know, you know, announce it for sure, so we knew what we were, what, why he did, you know, is did he step out of the Formula One race, uh, the series there? Uh, but I think uh, Jake is probably right here on what's going on. But um, yeah, I don't really catch these races much. I don't talk about them much on the podcast. I mean, we used to, but uh, they, you know, I just never have a chance to watch them. So, but uh, yeah, good luck to Hoodoo. I hope he can do it. All right, next up is topic uh, by Tony Gardner, CEO of iRacing. Uh, FYI, we're testing out changing the car-to-car contact impact to cause a 2X. Uh, we want to try and relax it a little bit for dirt only. There's a good chance we'll be doing a member build next week, possibly Tuesday, as we wanted to correct a few issues, if we do, we will likely roll this change out as well. I just thought I would mention it because Trucks at Eldora is next week and there could be some contact. This may help you if you fear losing too much safety rating. So it sounds like they're going to change the damage model for dirt a bit. Well, that's a welcomed uh, change for sure. Um, lots of contact in dirt, so I'm sure everybody's going to be happy about that. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, under pacing with the dirt, uh, dirt wing sprint cars, that there's a few times where you just bump into somebody a little bit, and you're given a two X. But luckily, I've only had that happen to me in league racing. So yeah, definitely a welcome change. I don't know. I mean, when I ran the dirt, when it first started, yeah, I got plenty of incidents and stuff, but it never really affected my license. I mean, I, it's not like I was went from A to B to C because. I'm getting all the, I'm running all these dirt races. I stayed at A, so it never really. I th- I thought it was just fine the way it was, to tell you the truth. I mean, if if I would, if I ran dirt races and I was losing my licenses because of it, I would say, yeah, we need to fix this because those are kind of incidental contacts. I'm just racing like normal, but uh, yeah, maybe some other people had some problems with that, so they're making an adjustment. All right, next up, uh, speaking of Eldora, uh, Barry Jowers posted up on Facebook a little video showing a glitch at the Eldora racetrack where this is much like the the little glitch at Talladega where right at, at Talladega, right after you come out of the pits, you take that first left onto the infield. If you go real slow, you fall into the abyss and the car goes launching into the air, way up into the air. And so this is a very similar glitch, but it's at Eldora, and it's a, a little break in the fence. And if you drive uh, through that little break, it'll launch the car into the air. Uh, Barry indicated that his uh, mile per hour hit 240 mile an hour <laughs> as the, the truck went launching. I racing, I guess they're paying an homage to uh, Star Trek or Star Wars. There, it's pretty funny though. I, I think they purposely leave that in. They must do it purposely. Because how how easy would it be just to you know put an imaginary wall there or just have the fence complete? You know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Pretty good uh, comedic relief though when you're testing for Eldor. Yeah, I've been known to do that at Talladega. I don't have Eldora, but I would have to check that out if I bought it. All right. uh, Next up, we'll kind of get into hardware software. Nicholas Arthur from California posted up in the forums some great pictures of his finished F1 Lotus cockpit. And I tell you what, this looks awesome. Yeah, I'm just looking at those pictures now, and holy cow, this is something else. Man, he put a lot of time and effort into this. Yeah, is he, uh, now if he wears an Oculus, that's kind of defeating, but at the same time, it'd be cool just to have laying around. Well, there's no <laughs> monitors. Look at the pictures. Yeah. So he must be an Oculus rig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty nice, then, to have that... Have that kind of setup where you could just go all out on your chassis, and then you got a Oculus. But yeah, that's pretty. That's very sweet right there. It basically, to describe it to our audio-only listeners, it looks like a Formula One chassis, literally, without wheels and without a uh, front wing. Well, but it that, does. Yeah, no back wing either, really. Well, it does have a back wing actually. 
Yeah, and it's also got like the the front rotors and the and the brake calipers and everything like that. Just no tires on it. Right, it's got the suspension. Yeah, pieces. Uh, the cockpit looks genuine Formula One. I mean, he's got the five uh, point harness, the F one seat. He's got mirrors. He's got the you know head surround. You got the air box above the head. Uh, even behind the driver. There's like a mock engine. It looks kind of like an engine, you know, or components of an engine. Uh, wow. And then inside the cockpit, it's all carbon fiber dash. He's got a, a proper F1 wheel, uh, buttons everywhere. Uh, even a little one-inch windshield uh, air brake thing. Yeah, he's got plenty of buttons there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he indicates he's selling this. If you read the text, it's for sale. It will be a local pickup only. So if you're in California and you got money to burn, you might check this out. <laughs> uh, to live in California, you got to have some money to burn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One month's rent, it's yours. No, it looks really good. Uh, all the stuff, I, I just can't believe all the work that he put in on the stuff that's behind the seat. Like the engine and the, the rear wing area. And it's got this big exhaust thing coming out the back that looks like a... Uh, it's just crazy. It's, it looks like he's got little, you know, like a axle, you know, for the wheel, back wheels, everything. Yeah, the the detail on this thing is just phenomenal. Um, like just top notch work done for this. This is great. Very impressive. So shout out to Nicholas Arthur. Next topic. Well, it's a good day to buy a steering wheel because it's Amazon Prime Day. Unless you're in Canada, then you're uh, no wheels for Canadians. You can't get a deal on Amazon Prime Day, Tony? Nope, nope, nothing like that. Um, boy, I was hoping. Uh, <laughs> almost want to just buy it from, uh, from the States. It, it still saved me probably almost $100. Right. You don't have to be signed into uh, your Amazon account with Prime to see those deals, do you? Because I don't. I'm doing. Maybe there's. Is there a sale on that G29? Yeah, because it doesn't look like the T300 went on sale for Prime Day. But yeah, the yeah. G29 Logitech wheel is two sixty three thirty eight with free shipping. That's normally a list price of four hundred dollars. So it's going for two sixty three. Oh yeah, I'm seeing uh, two fifty now. Five left in stocks. So that's a that's a great deal right there. But uh, then again, yeah, you got to decide between the G29, I think, and the Thrustmaster T300. That's got to be your two options. But um, I'm definitely liking the T300 so far. Oh yeah. The other thing I learned this week is the G27 Logitech wheel is a thing of the past. It's literally not for sale anymore. 
<laughs> uh, I went looking. We there was a Facebook thread, and I went to Logitech's website. They're not even selling the G27. And if you look up the G27 on Amazon, it's actually $900 or more because there's none left, and so that drives the price up. Oh, geez. Wasn't, isn't the G25 kind of, isn't the G25 slightly like the G27 without the pedals? Yeah, 25 is the older version of the 27. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the uh, same case with the Dreamforce GT, of course. It's no longer on sale, so you can find those on eBay for like, I don't know how much they are, like 300 bucks maybe. But I'll have to sell mine. Some lucky person will get it for cheap, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it might be a good time to sell a 20 G27 just with the fact that there there aren't new ones for sale at the moment. People don't understand that it's no longer for sale, and it is the most popular wheel that people know about. I could see somebody that's new to iRacing who doesn't understand what they're worth spending top dollar for something, you know, on an old G27, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. So the other thing on uh, sale today is the Oculus Rift. And uh, Amazon has a deal where you can buy the Rift and get the Touch Bundle and get a $100 Amazon gift card as well. I think, though, that the price is $491 for that particular deal with the $100 gift card. So then I looked at Oculus's website at oculus.com. They have it on special direct from them at 399 US dollars for the Rift with Touch. So you're better off not buying it from Amazon, I think, uh, because you're just overpaying to get a gift card. You could buy it directly from Oculus for under 400 bucks. Yeah, what are you getting? Nine bucks for buying that uh, that bundle there from Amazon? Right. Yeah, about nine dollars. I think you get to. Uh, you can't even purchase a title with that. I don't think so. Yeah, I think if I was buying goggles, I I think this is the point not to do it because isn't the new Oculus coming? I mean, that's why this is the price is going down on this. But I don't know. We've been talking about the new Oculus coming for a while. I think. Uh, originally we thought it was going to be spring and now here we are in mid-July and we still haven't seen a new Oculus so uh, I don't know what the rumors are of when one's coming out but man it should be soon you'd think yeah it'd be interesting to see I, I know on Reddit if you're on Reddit I'm on the Oculus subreddit and I still I don't browse it but if it comes across my front page I'll have to make a note of it but yeah so far it doesn't look like there's the cv2 that they call it i don't think that's coming out anytime soon but that's a good price drop for people who are interested definitely yeah i just feel bad to buy one and then the next gen comes out shortly after you know you feel real stupid yeah especially if it has better resolution i think that's what people are hoping for yeah because that is you get that screen door effect i don't know if they can get rid of that with uh virtual reality in general but yeah i remember when trying it out got a bit of a you feel like you're looking through a screen door kind of right all right uh next up i came across a new steering wheel from cube controls 
and they have a website. It's cubecontrols.it. Uh, they're from Italy. This is an Italian company. That's why it's .it on the website. But, uh, wow, it's a nice-looking wheel. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures on this thing, and to me, it looks like a bona fide Formula One wheel. I mean, it's all carbon fiber. It's got the buttons all over, you know, the colored buttons and knobs and switches and all that. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to look at it. <laughs> For some reason, I have to turn... Oh, I'm going to get it here in a second, but... And it's got the quick disconnect. It's got the dual paddle shifter things. Uh, the disconnect thing looks awesome. I mean, it really does look like a real Formula One wheel. Oh yeah, I see that now. Yeah, that's very nice. I wonder what that'll set you back. Just for the, uh... you got a base too. Yeah, this yeah, is this not is a base. I'm talking okay. about it's yeah. just a wheel. Okay, I see the. I uh, wonder what it's compatible with then, or is it a is it a sim racing wheel? Yeah, it is a sim okay. racing wheel. Yes. Oh, gotcha. It looks like the price is one thousand three hundred sixty nine euros. I wonder what uh, bases it's compatible with. That'd be good to know. It's a, a really nice looking wheel. Uh, high high performance and Italian quality for a precise control of your car. Now, I ran across this because somebody was actually selling one on Facebook, on one of the groups there, and he was wanting, I think, $1,250 U.S., and he said it was brand new. It had a really nice road case, like a hard road case with form-fitting foam, you know, that it fits in and everything. Oh, yeah, I found a video for it, so I'll have to check that out. All right, cool. cool. Yep, cubecontrols.it. Check that out if you're interested. Uh, next topic, Ken Younts, who's an iRacer, uh, put up on the Facebook uh, several posts in, in a bunch of the groups about Ty Majeski. And apparently Ken found out that uh, Ty's next start in the Xfinity series it, uh, will not be sponsored by iRacing. He actually was on a thread with Ty Majeski uh, and asked him the question about the sponsorship, and Ty confirmed, and I saw a screenshot of it actually, that he does not have high racing sponsorship for this race. And so Ken is trying to start a grassroots effort to uh, ask all the iRacers to contact iRacing and let them know that as a community, we want them to sponsor this boy uh, as he goes up the NASCAR ranks. I'm actually kind of surprised that they wouldn't be sponsoring. It's pretty high-profile race for them. Um, I mean, it'd be great, uh, great exposure, more exposure for iRacing. I had no idea that it was in question. I thought for sure he was sponsored by them again, but it's well, news to me. I thought, yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer because 
look at John Henry. John Henry, if, if as everybody knows, or hopefully knows, he is the founder of iRacing. He's the one who financed iRacing through the early years out of his own pocket. Um, he is a billionaire, okay? He, he's made of money. He owns Roush Fenway. He's the Fenway part of Roush Fenway. Um, he is the founder of iRacing. He also owns a football team in England, one of the famous uh, football teams over there. Uh, well, we call it soccer. But this guy, I don't understand why he wouldn't... Hey, it's my race team. It's my development driver that we've hired that I pay his salary. It's my team I'm putting him in. It's I, I Guess what? I own the sponsorship. I am the sponsor. It's all my money anyway. What difference does it make? Now, who am I to say to tell John Henry how to spend his money? But he still has iRacing. They still have a marketing budget. He still has Roush Fenway. He still needs a good driver. Why not sponsor him? I, you know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree any more on that front. So I hope John Henry is a listener to, to our podcast. And John, please, please sponsor this guy. Uh, stay with him and take him to the Cup Series. Uh, you know, let's, as I've said before, let's end this horrible experiment with Trevor Bain. Uh, you know, Ricky is obviously proving himself, but you know it's time for Trevor to move on. Let's put Ty Majeski in the car. So we'll see uh, how that shakes out. I told Ken Younts uh, uh, that I would certainly mention this on the podcast. Uh, Ken uh, wants everybody to send a message to iRacing and let them know that we want sponsorship for Ty Majeski. I don't know. He, you know, we talked in the in the forum thread. Uh, I mean, the Facebook thread about is this going to really work? You know, are we going to get enough iRacers to actually? you know, contact iRacing to make a difference, but you know, what does it hurt? So, uh, I'd like to see it continue. So anyway, I'll help spread the word. Well, maybe, you know, by July 29th, it may, may not, uh, may not work out so well, but knowing that the community gets behind it and, uh, you know, it might make it easier for them to, to sponsor future races. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked to hear that they, they're dumping the sponsorship there. So, uh, the kid's on a roll. He's still winning every week. I think it's he's up to six or seven in a row. All right, next up, and this is the section of the podcast we, we talk uh, iRacing and real racers in the real, real world and crossover and that kind of thing. Well, the guys over at Lionheart Racing Series on iRacing, they actually got together in person for a meetup at the Iowa Speedway for the IndyCar race this last weekend. Uh, looks like they had about 10 to 12 people actually uh, make it for this meetup. And they posted up a picture on one of the Facebook groups of the group. And uh, pretty cool to do a meetup and actually have people show up and uh, what a turnout, 12 of them. And uh, they went to watch the IndyCar series, and I guess Helio won that race. 
Have you guys ever met up with uh, in real life with some iRacers? I've not. I, I know when I was racing with a team a while ago, um, one of them was in Canada, and I think the other one was out in Utah. So it never uh, dwindled upon us. That Well, it did dwindle upon us. We might meet together in real life one day, but that could still happen. You never know, but that's pretty cool. They must have all been centrally located to Iowa Speedway or maybe been planning that for a while now. I'm kind of in the same boat. I've never met up with anyone else, but uh, most of the people that I've met are uh, quite far away for me to go. Right. I've met a couple people locally in my area um, come over and check out my rig and stuff like that. But uh, I had an official meetup once with our West. You know how we have clubs in iRacing? Well, the West Club... Uh, the president of that, of the West Club or whatever, the leader, Scott, I forget his last name. He was trying to organize a, a meetup at uh, Phoenix International Raceway um, at the NASCAR race. And so I met up with him and uh, there were supposed to be other people, but it was just me and him were the only people that actually showed up at the designated <laughs> spot at the right time. But it was fun to sit and chat with him and have a beer and and uh and talk i racing it was kind of neat no that, yeah that sounds like a great time but uh yeah cool that you guys were both near uh phoenix i'd like to make my way out there one day i actually did check out uh arizona uh when i checked that out probably around last summer but i know i wasn't there in the summer i would know about it probably be about 115 degrees yeah it was 109 yesterday not too bad today. We're sitting at 102 right now. All right, final topic. iRacing tweeted out a video of NASCAR super, superstar Kyle Larson talking about iRacing coming to Eldora next week. And it's a nice little 48-second video of Kyle Talking about how the trucks drive around Eldora, he indicated they kind of float, as he called it, uh, float around the track, and uh, and look looking forward to some beating and banging on iRacing as well as in person. Is he doing the uh, truck race? Last I heard, he wasn't even doing it. Oh, maybe he's not. I know he ran it the last couple of years, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't think he's running it this time. I'll have to confirm that, though. Well, kudos to iRacing to get uh, his time uh, to be able to do this. Um, Kyle's a very popular driver right now, uh, running so well. I think he's a points leader, isn't he, in NASCAR? And, uh, boy, to get him to take a moment to talk about iRacing and help put together a little video on it, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I believe him and Truex are, uh, I think they're tied right now for uh, for first place, but uh, Larson's been, uh, he's quite an active racer, is he not, in the uh, iRacing? Yeah, I think he is. Especially in the off-season, but uh, I don't think we see him on too much during season, because uh, he's running dirt during the week. Um, he's usually at a dirt track, especially right. in the summer here. Yeah, well, even still, like on the on the off uh, off season, there that'd be pretty cool to jump into a race with him. 
Yeah. So let's let's bring that up. What is the most famous uh, racer you've ever raced against in iRacing? I myself, I've not uh, raced any anybody famous. Not that I know of, anyways. I wouldn't say uh, raced against, but I've been in rooms with a few people. I know I've been in a room with Daryl Walsh Jr., Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, uh, Ty Majeski, of course. That's probably the main guy. Oh, well, you know what? Parker Clickerman. That's probably about it. Yeah, I've raced Bubba and um, Chase Briscoe. Yeah, I was in a dirt one of my dirt races. I ran. He he won, he was in there and won the race. Uh, Chase Elliott, uh, Bobby Labonte once. Chase. Um, who's that guy from uh, Australian Supercars? Uh, Ambrose. No, there's another the 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 fast kid. I can't remember his name, but he runs NIS occasionally. But uh, yeah, I've seen a few in there. I don't think I've raced Kyle. I think the most famous person I've been in a room with was Stu- Tony Stewart. Remember, I think it was last year Tony Stewart did a thing at Pocono where he ran with the Peak guys, and I actually ghosted that session. I went in as a ghost oh, and yeah. was running like right behind Tony Stewart. Was trying to catch him and. And then I passed him, and I thought, oh, wow, I just passed Tony Stewart, you know? Yeah, I remember him not having a very good time there, but he was. I remember his remarks about how it was very different from the real-world real counterpart, but I remember watching that, yeah. Yeah, I think he's like, it's so damn tight, you can't get on the throttle coming off or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but that was uh, pretty cool. But uh, neat for Kyle uh, to help iRacing put that together. All right, let's get into final thoughts. Uh, Tony Groves, final thoughts. Well, after having to sit out last week, I'm really looking forward to getting some racing done. Um, Just the few laps that I was able to practice today, had a lot of fun at this track, so looking forward to some good racing. Loudon, yep, Loudon's coming. All right, uh, Brock Hopkins, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're welcome anytime. Uh, tell us your final thoughts. Yeah, just uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's pretty, in addition to being a good time here, it was informative, so glad I can make it and plan on doing it uh, in the future as well. So yeah. good good luck this week, guys, and all your racing endeavors. Uh, heck yeah. All right, so my final thoughts New Hampshire, you know, I'm ready. I think we got Watkins Glen, Indy coming up. Uh, So quite a mix of tracks. Uh, I'm just excited for the drop weeks to kick in eventually. I mean, I was looking at the points, and I'm not near where I was last year at this point. But as soon as those drop weeks kick in, I I just climb up the ratings. I don't know. It's because I have more... I make every week, and I usually don't miss a week, and some other people do. Uh, but once those drop weeks kick in, I, I expect to be in the top 20 uh, overall, hopefully. Uh, but we'll have to see how that goes. It seems like there's a lot more competition in NIS this year. A lot more people are running it, so maybe that's why I'm not in the, as high up as I usually am. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, excited to watch Eldora. Uh, even though I'm not going to participate, I'll probably uh, try to watch some of the racing, maybe some of the streams and stuff. I know a lot of people are going to do that. So looking forward to watching that. 
And with that being said, uh, th- you know, thank you for listening to iRacers Lounge. Uh, make sure to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.